0: Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. You guys are ready? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are we recording?
1: Yeah.
2: Have we been recording since we started the call? Yeah. (laughs) Oi. Okay. Alright, So yeah, let's put an edit point and we'll start. Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. This is episode number two. My name is Steve, and here with me is Jeff. Hey, guys. And Kevin. Hey, guys. Our main topic for today is the FAA regulations. Uh, We'll go into that a little bit later, but let's just see how everyone's week has been. Uh, Why don't you uh,
0: start, Kevin? You want me to start? Yeah. Uh, My week has been (laughs) pretty busy, but uh, in the RC world... um. What do we do? We I was out flying on. Uh, we all got together actually this weekend yeah. did some flying, which was great. I had uh, brought out my FT Cruiser and I dialed in some differential thrust into that, which was hysterical. I I was more nervous flying that thing and having it spin around like it was than uh, than than flying helicopters like. it I don't know why it, it made me so nervous. I guess because it was kind of loud and yeah. the way it was spinning. I was, I was like, I don't know. It was just, that's what it made me. It kind of like got me all fired up and, you know, so, but that was actually pretty damn cool. I, I, I actually, uh, on the third time I was spinning it, I, I lost it into the ground. So I got to repair that. I'm, I'm really, I was down in the basement and I was looking at it and uh i think i'm gonna wind up building another one just because it's so oh no yeah it's so easy it's not really wrecked that bad the fuselage has got quite a bit of cracks in it and stuff like that and i don't really think it's that bad but it's old i've had that thing for a couple of years now whenever since they came out with it I, well i bought it in at the neat fair from those guys when the first time i met them there in 2013 <laughs> that was when i bought the ft cruiser and i was and i was like um, you know i traced it out and that mm-hmm. model. So that model's been together since 2013.
2: Yeah. Um, when you were doing those flat spins, it
0: basically sounded like a, a chainsaw.
2: <laughs> it kind of sounded like my goblin when it spins,
1: when it pyros.
0: Yeah, it had a funny <laughs> note to it, Yeah, you know, register to it. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it was cool.
1: Yeah, when you crashed, I heard that, that whirling noise, and then I didn't hear it anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: And it's probably my fault because I keep on telling Kevin yeah, to go you were lower, there, and lower, go lower,
0: lower. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I pulled out of it twice now. Let's see what happens." Uh, yeah, I got I got a little too close. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but like I said, then. wasn't too bad. I, I I broke a prop and the firewall came off. It's just that thing's pretty old, and I don't know who knows. I'm, I might just throw it back up there just to rip around with. But I I wanted to add some some higher powered LEDs to the. The wingtips, so when it's spinning around, you know, it looks pretty crazy. See what happens, see what it looks like. Yeah, I'm cool. always doing silly stuff like that. The other thing I was thinking about doing was I'm always – I have to get, like, a set configuration for my radio. I have my um, – when I'm flying helis, I have my, my throttle hold on my right hand. The, there's, like, a, an A and B type switch where just two position switch on my right finger – I want to transfer that over to the airplanes because when I'm flying an airplane, that switch is my time remaining, and I right. want to set that up on the helicopters. And the bailout button that I have with the the Goblin 380 and the Oxy 3 is on the push button, and, I, and anybody that's familiar with the DX9, the push button is the second one in towards the antenna on the, on the very top, and I want to switch that and the two-position switch so the push button is more on my left like trigger finger you know um so i can easily hit that okay the switch that i move which now will be the closest to the antenna there on the very top i'll make that my time remaining switch for all models i'm gonna try and standardize it because in in a pinch i don't want to be struggling or or reaching over a switch to hit that button Right. it's kind of in an awkward position for me
2: right Um, uh, i mean that's a great idea uh I standardized my radio a long time ago as far as planes and helicopters, but I was thinking instead of moving the switches around if you don 't need that left two way switch to be like a you know either on or off and you want it more of a momentary switch, why not kind of like how the dx six is trainer button where you would click it and it would spring back, why not switch it out with something like that so then then that could be your bailout. That could be, like, say, for your um, kun- Anakuna, your Sukhoi, your uh, self-leveling for that, or your safe mode.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to switch them because I actually like the switches. Okay. Uh, especially with that other model I have, that Versa Wing with all the crazy stuff in it. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that. Cause I mean, I guess I could reprogram them, but I think I use um, those in that. Okay. Just something I want to do, you know, customize yeah. my radio just to make it better for me in flying.
2: Nice. Awesome.
0: Because I'm always having to think about what, how much time do I have left. And if now I'm thinking if I hit that switch, I'm killing the helicopter as I'm flying it on the right-hand side because that's my time remaining right. switch for the airplanes. And I don't want to do that. I have enough trouble. I don't need the engine cutting out on it. Right, right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm using the same switch for the timer. I couldn't imagine that doing something else because I flick it without thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and I've had that set up for a long time, but I do want to make that a throttle hold, even for the the planes. I haven't done throttle hold on any of the planes, and I, I think that'd be okay to do. You know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to do.
2: It's not a bad thing, but I will make a suggestion or more of a tip about doing that. I do that on all my planes too. So, um, or not most of my planes. I mean, not say all, but uh, the Kunai has that. And one of the things I noticed is if you have that throttle hold switch on, because, like, say, I just flew a helicopter, I came down throttle hold, I switch over to my Kunai, put the battery in, and then when I turn off throttle hold, it starts to spin up the motor.
0: Yeah, it starts to spool up. Yes. Yeah. So,
2: uh, you have to be mindful that helicopter ESCs don't care about your um, low endpoint. For your throttle so if you have throttle hold on it's okay it still registers but on plane escs um that registers as the low point now so yeah just a tip to make sure uh you know if you're on the plane you you know you before you plug in the plane that your throttle hold switch is off plug in the esc and then then as soon as the esc arms you'll be able to hit throttle hold and you'll have that little safety net of you know not cutting your fingers off
0: yeah and i still remember the day that I think we first got together, and you were helping me set up. I was probably a helicopter model, and you were like, "All oh, your switches away from you." You know, when you start, I can still remember that that first time you were like, and I was like, "Oh, well." Now we're now we've got a standardization. It's like I could start from there, right? You know, which is something I didn't really think about. I thought you know, switch low for low rates and high for high rates, okay. and you know, I so it worked out great because I always think of that now when I'm when I start to fly something. I, all the switches away from me and start out like that yeah which i know that that one switch will be opposite but um Mm -hmm. i think i'm at a point where i can handle that yeah
2: but just be yeah be careful that because especially if you have a governing uh helicopter that has governing or governor mode on um and you don't have a normal mode so like right off the bat you know without throttle hold you plug the battery in arms and start spooling up so
0: yeah i don't think i'm to that point yet
2: oh you will be yeah, probably <laughs> next time at the field, be like, "Yeah, well, let's set, set up your governor on your Goblin 380."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: one of the first things that Steve taught me when I started flying was uh, having it set either all forward or all back as like your starting position, that that was really helpful. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know where I've learned that, but
2: it just seemed to make sense to reset everything, you know, and get your
1: model loaded and start flying, you know.
0: So, Jeff, what have you been up to this week?
1: This week, well, I, I enjoyed flying with you guys. I, I think we had a good good day. Got a couple yeah. of hours in. Uh, got to take the two foamies out, the crack Beaver and the MXSC from Twisted Hobbies. Um, and then also flew the Fly Zone Beaver with Muse and his uh, beaver. We had a great time doing that. I'm glad he didn't crash into me. <laughs> um have you guys seen his uh his beaver lately uh yeah it's pretty, it's pretty beat it's pretty rough up. uh
0: i i'm try- i think when i when i see that thing i think about the time where i don't know if it was my fault or i was in front of him but oh he right, came, right that's that's the time he, he really slammed <laughs> that thing on the ground hard and yeah I but think he it's... had a fix that day we're out of that field and uh he went back flying but yeah he broke it up pretty good yeah it's pretty
1: beat up but he still loves flying it and i can't believe that it still flies looking the way it does (laughs) Um, but we had a good time doing that
0: uh i think yeah i saw you guys tandem flying those the beavers around that was pretty awesome
1: yeah yeah and we had good weather too it wasn't bad out um i guess it got a little chilly when the sun started going down but other than that I i think it was a pretty good day
2: yeah
0: yeah i had a great time
1: so other than that, just, you know, preparing for Christmas and the, the wrapping and the buying and all that stuff. Nice. So what's next on the agenda? I guess I should go then. <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, no worries. Um, So, yeah, as you guys said, we flew on Sunday and it was definitely a good time. Uh, it was a little chilly, but definitely got really cold when uh, the sun started going down. Um, let's see here. i uh, made in two FT trainers, uh one that I built and one uh, my daughter Chloe built. Uh one had ailerons and one was just a three channel version. Uh both flew great. Uh, you know, the CG was right on and um even the motor selection I wasn't really too sure of it. It was a little bit weaker KV than or lower KV than uh recommended, but you know, I put a little bit bigger prop on it when uh, I did a five five by six or five by five on it, and yeah, it, just, it worked out pretty good. Also, made in the FT Mini Guinea. Uh, that was hey, a,
1: didn't you fly the uh, the trainer with Anthony too?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'll go into that a little bit. I, I did buddy box with Chloe and with Anthony, uh, one of our members who flies helis, and um, I guess I'll go into it now. The wireless trainer. Uh, with the DX9 was amazing. Uh, it was really easy to set up, um, binding basically the DX6i to the DX9 and then binding the DX9 to, or having the DX9 already bound to the uh, FT trainer. But the way it worked with, like anytime I just felt like I need to take control, I didn't have to hit a switch or anything, I just moved the stick and I'd automatically have control over the Oh, I didn't realize the that's trainer. how it worked. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Neither did I.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I could, I could definitely see, I mean, in helis, using a, using buddy boxing might be a little bit difficult because you would want to, like, match whatever the, whatever the helicopter is doing at the time. And I think you could disable that function. But for planes, it was great. Like, if I saw that, you know, a steep decline in altitude on that plane, I just boop, hit the elevator bring right back up. Uh, flick the switch again and give them back control and just, you know, work it that way. It was, it was I was thoroughly impressed by how great the uh, wireless trainer setup and um, flight controls were. Now, one thing I do want to note about doing buddy boxing that I, you know, I have no experience. This is the first time buddy boxing with anyone um, on the trainer or instructor and the student side. I never did any of it. Um, When you, as the trainer or the instructor... Control when you trim out a plane, you actually need to do the same trimming on the student control uh, transmitter and I didn't know that, so when I you know pass the controls over give controls over to the student radio, um, the trim was all off so oh wow so that's one thing um, you have to kind of match it up and it's probably a good idea to maybe you know before you go into this with a, a student, take the plane up in the air, have both transmitters. Switch it over to the student side, fly it with that, trim it out on both transmitters, and then, then give it to your student and have them uh, buddy box with you. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah,
0: but you know. now, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, how did that work with the throttle position? Uh, so the throttle position, like for me,
2: I would just keep it mid-stick, and then when they gain control, if they were to go mid-stick or whatever, as soon as I took over, it took my input of having the throttle mid-stick oh okay so okay. you know it was, it was real convenient for um for for chloe when you know she, she's kind of you know she's a kid so it's usually like stick banging like full throttle no throttle just there's, there's not much in between uh so yeah. when you know when she kind of freak out and she'll cut the throttle thinking that'll help it um soon as i take over control then i could pick up that speed get the airspeed on the the aircraft again and get you know get it back level flight and then pass the controls right back over
0: nice man yeah then anthony was doing it too huh yeah
2: i didn't see that yeah he was uh he was actually having a good time and i was kind of you know instructing him how to fly an airplane and you know how much easier it is than flying an actual six channel helicopter went to like i was like oh just pull the elevator back in full throttle at the top of the the loop you know just bring down the throttle a little and then come right back into full throttle once you start pulling out of the loop and he was doing it he was looping the ft trainer no problem
0: nice yeah
1: was that his first time flying a plane
2: uh he flew the the little plane that i had for chloe the um duet the duet yes thank you um he flew that kind of by himself but you know it was kind of all over the place and you know it's it's a small little plane that can't really handle the wind too well, so. But this was like his actual full, like, I guess, real using a real transmitter, not the little toy, uh, one that it comes with. So yeah, and he, he he seemed to have a good time with it.
0: Did he fly the the aileron version or the? No, I
2: didn't buy in that. Um, oh right, right. Yeah, I haven't set that up for buying for the student transmitter, so I didn't get a chance to. But I mean, <clears throat> I think in the near future. I'm gonna have a progression path path for Chloe to start with the FT trainer, then maybe with my FT trainer that has just the four channel with the ailerons, and then you know maybe go into something like even the vegan, give her something a little bit bigger and faster, um, wow. even a guinea mini guinea, you know, just because I'm so confident in the wireless training setup that if there was any issue, I could just take over and. And, like, you know, you have that safety net, you know? So I'm not worried about it.
0: Nice. I feel bad because Anthony's always, like, every time we're taking a plane up, he's always like, yo, you're going to let me fly that, right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> and
1: then you let him fly the Sequoia after that, right?
2: <laughs> I, have, I haven't brought my Sequoia out in, in ages.
0: I haven't had mine out in a couple of weekends just because I've been trying different things. and Yeah. There's
2: only so much you can fit so in your car, r- right? So much
0: room. I just right. to the same thing.
2: Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I made in the FT Mini Guinea. Um, uh, and then I crashed it. So, I was trying to do the flat spins, you know, and I, for some reason, I couldn't get the differential thrust working right on it. It made in perfectly. Um, I had a little issue taxing it because I had the front wheel, which is basically just like a caster almost. Like, it just spins freely in a 360 rotation. Um, I had that rake back too far, so it would be like it would just tip over like it would you know one of those nosing over yeah just nosing over but not not fully over but just nosing like a one wing end would hit the ground and you know um eventually i was able to get the differential thrusts kind of tuned better so they were more even and i just get full throttle and just go straight and straight up in the air Uh, so i did have to rake the front wheel a little bit less rake on it and pull it back with some pliers and it actually lifted up the front a little and kind of made it a little bit higher, which worked out pretty well. But, yeah, I was messing around with the differential thrust, trying to get flat spins going. It wouldn't flat spin. It would kind of start turning slow like if it was just a rudder turn. And then as soon as it pitched down, it would kind of like do a barrel roll or I'm not sure. It's kind of like an yeah. off-axis roll.
0: The death spiral?
2: The death spiral, yeah, basically. And then I would pull out of it and it'd be fine. And, you know, I'll try it again. I try it again, see what's going on. Um, I set more differential thrust to shut one motor completely off. Uh, but that didn't help. It just, that's that was the time it death spiraled into the ground. And um, I broke one of the power pods off and some other, uh, you know, creased up foam. So it's not too bad. It's fixable.
0: Yeah, I think that big. Well, you got the rudder, and then you have those two pieces on the on the tail. I don't know what that's what they're even called, but I think those were kind of fighting you trying to straighten things out while you're trying to do that spin
2: possibly uh but I think Peter does that from flight tests. I believe he does I know he does it definitely with the the bigger one the cargo plane no oh, okay, but yeah, I thought he did that with the mini guinea 2 where he would be able to do flat spins i I remember seeing it in a video um. But, yeah, I'll glue it back together and we'll get some – we'll we'll try it again. It's not a problem. Yeah, man. All right. So I know we mentioned this in uh, – I think it was in episode zero or it might have been even episode one uh, about a Christmas wish list. Since it's only two days away from Christmas, I say uh, we should talk about this.
0: All right. I want to hear Jeff's wish list. Yeah. He's been talking about it.
1: True, true. Um. I think Kevin knows what's on my wish list. Steve, can you guess what's on my wish list? The one, just pick one plane. I mean, knowing you
2: and the way you love Twisted Hobbies, I would have to say it has to be a Twisted Hobbies plane. (laughs) Okay, all right.
1: um, You got it. Now, which one?
2: I know I wanted this plane when it was first announced.
1: Now we're talking about me.
2: Yes, and I know <laughs> <laughs> I know that this plane, I was like, oh, crap, I bought this plane, and the bigger version just came out a week after. Yeah,
1: you got it. The big turbo the, the crack 43 beaver. The 43-inch uh, turbo crack beaver. Yes, okay, awesome, yeah. Wow. Hopefully
2: you get it, because I want to see that thing in action.
1: Yeah, I, I think I might get it. Um, if not, maybe I'll get it for myself. There you go. There's nothing wrong
0: with
1: that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, uh, that, that I, I enjoyed the, uh, the the original Beaver so much, and I know Kevin does as well. Um, I just hey, bigger is better.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested in to see how that flies.
1: So that's my wish list. Nice. What What do you have, Steve?
2: Um, my I, main... I,
1: I saw the picture of your uh, Christmas tree. Oh, and right. some of those look like they could be planes. Now, unfortunately they're not.
2: How <laughs> I do you wish know? because all the big stuff I bought <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> for other people. <laughs> so, I know that uh there's no definitely there's definitely no planes or any type of RC related unfortunately. Um but I mean, my Christmas wish list actually it's not rc related per se but it can be used for rc and what i want is uh i want a vinyl cutter i want to be able to um vinyl cut decals vinyl cut pilot stickers and the unfortunate either ama number or fa registration number which we'll go into later but just you know being able to cut cut out some designs and stuff, I think it would be really cool for like our scratch build planes. You know, if you want to, you know, cut out like the I don't know, like what's the thing on the Spitfires or like a it's like the French circle emblem that Spitfires have on the wingtips. I'm not sure the name, but basically something like that, or having maybe generate a create a free fall RC podcast sticker that we could put on our planes. You know, once you, get a, once you lock down the logo, I think, uh, I think there could be a lot of uses for this in the RC world, even though it's not really RC-related. So that's kind of the main thing I want to get. Um, I also, of course, have little things I want to get, like upgrade some parts on my helicopters, uh, get an extra uh, battery pack for my Goblin 570, since I only have one. And it kind of sucks having to charge every, after every flight and kind of I can't do back-to-back flights. So, that's kind of about it. What about
1: you, well, Ken? What, what, oh. what would be on your wish list if money was no object, but you could only pick one plane or heli? Ooh. A good question. Hmm. That's a
2: good question. All right. So, money is no object, but it could only be one item, though, you're saying. Correct. I think I would want, like, a precision aerobatic balsa-like ARF plane, like you know, one of those, you know, maybe like a sixty inch or, you know, something, kind of like you, you you saw. I don't know if you've seen it, Jeff, but I know Kevin, you have. But you saw Rich's uh, precision aerobatic. Um, I don't know if it's a Yak or or whatever, like a.
0: Yeah, it's that mid wing model. Yeah.
2: Yeah, something like that would be amazing. I really like those
1: planes. Electra, electric or a nitro.
2: Oh, it'd be electric, and it'll probably be a six S setup. It'll, you know, it's gonna it's gonna have some power. We'll f- Swinging like a twelve-inch prop or something or bigger, um, yeah. I mean, if that was money, is no option. because I think that thing costs him like two grand or something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But How it's lightweight, and
0: beautiful. Uh, me, I'd probably go the Warbird route. As silly as that sounds, I don't know. It's just I really like the larger scale, like Corsair. So if money was no object, I'd have to do that. I'd have to do a gasser, like maybe. Uh, I don't even know what size they are, but they have those five-piston motors. Like a giant warbird. Yeah. Yeah, like I'd have to do like a giant Corsair with five-piston motor. Like wow. nitro or gas or whatever. See, I I don't even fly anything that's nitro or gas, so I don't I don't know that world too much, but just when I see them on YouTube and I'm like they're nice and like large and they go by with that five-piston motor, it just sounds so awesome, man. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 it right there, man.
2: Nice. Wow, nice. All right. So
0: nobody hit the lottery and and buy me that. I'll be pissed if you guys buy me that. Waste your money on that.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, it's a Corsair. You're crashing. (laughs) I'll
0: be be scared to death to fly it.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, something like that. What about you, Jeff? Um, Price no objects. Um, I would uh, buy my wife a diamond bracelet.
0: Oh, is she standing right there? Merry Christmas! No, no.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, I think um, I know. I, I know that was my question, but I didn't think of my own answer. I would probably get the Sequoia. I think that's my, you know, if I had a bunch of extra money, which it's not 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 a ton of money, but I think that's what I would get.
2: Now, which Sequoia are you talking?
1: The one about? that you guys have. Oh, okay, the Park Zone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, we're all
2: I, talking about a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, I know, this, but this I, I can
1: Because if I had um, Kevin's, you know, four grand uh, Corsair, mm-hmm. I would never fly it. <laughs> I'd taxi it around <laughs> and, and maybe take off and then do a, you know, a, a circuit and land. But I, I think I would fly the crap out of the sequoia that's practical
2: yeah very practical of you you might be able to make that happen next year <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: um all right cool well, kevin uh so what's part of your wish list besides the corsair
0: uh will it's probably really not even a wish list it's more like 99 percent. i'm definitely doing it I'm, I'm buying a 3d printer for sure Nice. I just have to figure out which model. I know I want to go with the the Lutz bot. You can't get any better than I mean reviews are reviews, and it's kind of out there, you know, with three D printers. You don't know what to buy and what to mm-hmm. get. There's so many companies making them, but when I watch this guy on YouTube, there's one guy, um, X Robots, and I watch him on YouTube, and he's constantly printing stuff out and using it, and he's using these two. He's using the mini and the and the regular sized one and, okay. and yeah he's just like he's doing hours and hours and i'm talking like in the hundreds of hours on these things and either he got lucky or they're pretty good machines so that's what i'm probably gonna go with nice what did they retail for the mini is like 1200 and the larger one is like two i think two grand something like that so i'm gonna probably be, be paying it off until next christmas
1: I was gonna say that's, that's quite the uh, the present.
0: Yeah, you wow. have
1: such a nice wife.
0: Yeah, she knows nothing about it.
1: <laughs> she will know. No,
0: <laughs> she'll know when she hears this thing in the garage making yeah. all this noise for hours on end. And then my yeah. other thing was, I'm thinking, I'm if since it's a wish list, I'm I'd love to get like a, a a higher up goblin, like a larger goblin, larger heli. Ooh,
2: what are we talking? about? Like
0: in the five 500? The five range,
2: 570? Okay, yeah.
0: Something like that, which again, I you know, if my wife is scared to death of these things, and if she saw something like as large as the seven hundred, yeah, I'd I'd have to hear about it. So that's something at least I could probably, you know, get in under the radar. And if she saw it, it wouldn't be a big deal because it wouldn't be as large as the seven hundreds. Like if she if she came out to our field, doesn't
1: subscribe to the podcast.
0: Did my wife subscribe? No. No, No, I, I. I went to see Star Wars the other night, and I said to her, "I was like, honey, you want to go see Star Wars?" And she looked, gave me this look like, "You got to be kidding me!" And I was like, "Well, it's freaking Star Wars after all, you know." And as a courtesy, I'm just asking you, you know. Sure. And I was like, "See you later."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Garmin five hundred sport. Yeah, I'm. You know, we can probably get you a really good deal on one. I know.
0: I know. (laughs)
2: And actually a kit, like have you build it and go through that whole experience. Um, you know, so... Well, we got a new year coming along soon, and
0: yeah. we'll see. You never know. Yeah. See if I get some overtime. Yep. Nice. Yeah, work that
2: overtime. Exactly. All right, cool. All right, so let's uh, let's move into some subtopics here. We'll talk about... Let's start off with planes. Uh, Kevin, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, you can talk about the... Vigan that i put wheels on the ft Vigan. i know we talk about a lot of ft planes and i really enjoy the the ft stuff the flight test stuff and uh actually a buddy of mine mike uh who as of now is our only listener in missouri thanks mike yeah thanks Mike. Uh, <laughs> i was talking to him um one day and i think i posted it on instagram you know we were out at the field i'd put um, i just took bent a couple pieces of wire and got some, uh, wheels from the hobby shop on the way home from work one day. And I poked, uh, the center wheel up through and I controlled it with a little servo arm back and forth and posted a video on Instagram. And it was just, I guess it was one of those simple things where people are like, wow, man, I should have tried that, you know? And, and that was like the response I kind of got from it. You know, why didn't I think of that? So uh, a lot of people were asking me to get an article together on flight tests, which finally got published but uh um, nice. that was that was pretty cool i i it it had a couple of flights and i i have to uh i have to fix the the nose wheel because it 's bent sideways in the and the um, the control horn came off I only had it hot glued on that day, so I have to come up with a better solution and you had given me a little piece from uh i guess this is from a tail of a tricopter something that to try and put oh no, on.
2: it's it's a uh, it's a front landing gear mount that David Windustal would take the uh, I don't know I, I can't really describe it but the, the U part of the mount and put two of them together to make a tricopter tilt oh okay. uh, motor mount yeah but based on so because of like that back and, to back, you know,
0: yeah
2: right so I I ordered a whole bunch of those uh, from Hobby King and you know I have some extras so I figure at least at the lever part where it uses a set screw to right put onto uh. You know, to a you know metal bar, and then you can basically use that to use to turn your uh, your wheel.
0: Yeah, I have to rip it all apart to do that, and I've been fixing other stuff. And work's been kind of a little crazy, so I haven't had a chance to to do that. But I got to get that back going again because that was that was a lot of fun that that thing with the wheels on it.
2: Yeah, definitely. That I definitely want to uh, check out your article, and I think we should put that in the uh, show notes for the podcast, just because um, I don't even. I, I've kind of fallen off the flight test forums and the the website like i haven't really gone on there to uh take a look at what people are doing in the community so much
0: these days yeah i'm definitely not on yeah as much as i used to be i used to be on there a lot like almost daily i'd be on there in the morning checking things out and uh but now you know i have been checking though because i do get some questions here and there on the article and i don't want to leave people hanging sure yeah i'm 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 gr- I'm grateful for all the responses that that you get. You know, we get like three of them, and I'm like thrilled.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So, so I definitely want to check that out. So, I want a link of that, and we'll we'll definitely put that on the show notes. Yeah, sure. Why don't I go? I don't really have that much. Uh, I kind of spoke about it earlier with the FT Trainer and the Mini Guinea. I just I think that these two planes are, um, especially the trainer, is a wonderful beginner plane. I think it's a great. I mean, that's what flight test does a lot is they, they definitely bring uh, people, beginners into this hobby and give them a, a means to you know, be successful. Right. And the F D trainer, um, I, I mean, I couldn't believe that my daughter was able to glue it together only burning her finger once <laughs> on hot glue, um, but was able to put it together pretty much by herself with just instructions from me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she did a great job yeah and it came out it came out great i mean you actually look at hers and her tail is straight while mine is a little bit crooked like she did a better job than i did and i've built i mean maybe like 30 or 40 planes ft planes um so i don't know this i think that plane is great for beginners great for kids um
0: how did it handle and, a crash or how, did you crash
2: i uh, no, we haven't crashed with it but um I did at one point was just, you know, I just kind of pulled the elevator up uh, with no control, no, and just toss it like a chuck lighter. Right. And, you know, it kind of hit the ground a couple times and, you know, nothing. No damage, no nothing, no creases in the foam.
0: Oh, that's good. Did
2: Anthony land it? No, no. He would give it to me and I landed it. Yeah. So I I took over control and I would land it. And um, landing, I feel, especially on a runway or a designated runway. You know, takes a little practice and gets used to. Even Chloe, she was so, she was, uh, she did a great job flying it. But when she first started flying it, because it's such, it was a new plane. She built. She put time into it. That she was really nervous about flying it. And I'm, I'm sure all of us can relate. Um, When you have a plane that you're like, oh, you know, this is great. I got this new plane. I'm flying. And as soon as it gets in the air, you start. It doesn't really fly like your last plane, and you have to kind of learn. There's a little bit of a learning curve to the new model. Um, You know, you get nervous quick and kind of like, oh, I just want to land this thing and not fly it. You know, I mean, that's what I've been doing with the (laughs) P-47.
0: I think it's that balance between, wow, I built this plane and I can't wait to fly it. And then you get out there and you're like, I'm psyched. I'm happy that I I built it. But then you're Mm -hmm. kind of uh, afraid to fly it in a way, you know. Right. You You don't want to wreck it.
2: Yeah. You know, you don't want to wreck it, even though it is foam board and you just build another one. You know, just the time and effort. You don't want to have to like redo it and and so
1: quickly, at least.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: how about you, Jeff? Uh, what do you got going on?
0: Not
1: too much. Still working on the uh, FT Racer. Uh, when it's done, it'll be awesome. Um, and again, I'm shooting for this winter to to get it up in the air.
2: Are you going to give us any hints about your awesome paint scheme?
1: No, definitely ah, not. No
2: definitely spoilers? Not. Come
1: on. No. Um, Maybe for next episode, I'll think of a hint.
0: Okay. Um,
1: But that's already planned out, and that's going to be awesome. Even if the uh, build itself doesn't turn out great, (coughs) the paint scheme is going to be awesome.
0: I have to ask a question, though. Is it going to be black in any way? (laughs) There will be black on the plane. Okay. Um. I only ask that because I have yet to build a black plane, and that's one of the colors of my FT racer.
1: I, I think that uh, you'll be safe if, it, if it's black. There's black in it, and black is a major player in it, but I don't think it will uh, affect, affect us flying together. Yeah. But maybe some more hints next week.
0: Okay. okay.
1: All right. Sounds good.
2: Can't wait. All right, so let's move on to some heli stuff. Um I kind of want to go I'll, I'll start off on this topic here. Since heli's are my thing, No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh you know, I, I'm most passionate about heli, so you know, I can't wait. Uh so I mean, I don't really have anything crazy, but this is one of the topics that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um at at our local club, we have several heli folks there and they'll kind of be like oh take a look at my new helicopter that i built look i i did a great job on the wiring i tucked everything in so my little heli subtopic is wiring all about wiring form or or function or over function we should say um i kind of want to get our listeners input on this too so i want once we kind of go over this i want to Definitely you know, invite you guys to post on our Facebook page or send us an email with any feedback or any questions or any comments about this topic. I mean, let me ask you guys, form or function when it comes to wiring? I mean, it doesn't have to be helicopters, even planes. But primarily in helicopters, you kind of see the wiring a little more. Uh, they're a little more prevalent. So for myself, it's all about function. Uh, when I first built my first heli, I try to tuck everything in and make it all nice and neat and so you don 't see the wiring um, even dabbled in using a wiring loom, I think it 's called or a cover for the wiring but I figured out soon that after a crash it was I had to redo all that work, and it took me three times as long to fix my helicopter after a crash so after the first time i 've given up on the beauty of the wiring job and went straight for function um you know having all the wires exposed easily accessible easily able to just cut zip ties and then re-put some zip ties and and you know tuck the wires back in but um i don't know what do you guys think uh kevin
0: i think you can um, start off with it being functional you know uh, right now where i'm at i'm definitely not making anything pretty
2: I, I mean, it's not it's not looking like a network closet of just just wires everywhere and like all entangled with each other or anything like that, right? Right,
0: right. Well, what I okay. was what I was going to say was there is there are some pilots that take the time to customize the length of each servo wire, which I think is what you said you had done on one of one of your models. Mm-hmm. But when you went to move that over, you're you're kind of restricted now to the length yes. that you custom cut. I for me right now I like to take the wires and neatly have them on the outside of the, the model and try to get, like, if if all the negatives, I try to get all the negatives in the, in the right, kind of get them in the right orientation and, and wrap them around and tie wrap it okay. kind of nice. And then once I get towards the receiver, I kind of try and keep it still neat, but, you know, fold it back and forth a little bit. Um, but definitely right now where I'm at, yeah, I'm sticking to the, the ease of replacing servos. Um, So
2: function,
0: so so yeah, so function, and I and I think you know when guys get more experienced, when you're crashing less. I mean, to me, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point with at least. I mean, I'm I'm doing it now, but I'm also not pushing it. Um, Then I, you know, I guess you could you could go more towards form and have it neater.
2: I made custom length wires for the oxy three, and the only reason I did that is because I had to solder on new server wires in the first place. If I were able to, if I had a say, because I was using an u brain, and with the U brain, you use these micro JST connectors. So, right. so because with with those connectors, I didn't want to snip the ends and have to use a crimper, which I would have to buy a crimper, and those crimpers are even more expensive, I think, than the regular RC crimpers. I didn't want to have to do that. So when I bought the the servo wires from Hobby King, I bought them with the connectors already put in with about was, I think, about, like, five inches or six inches of wire on them. And then I would cut them to length, and then, you know, I would solder the, the leads right onto the board of the servo.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah so, you had, you I mean, talked about that, um, I think, last episode we talked about yeah, a bit.
2: Yeah, so just so kind of went over that. So, I mean, that was the only reason why I made custom links. Like, like i do some work on my Blade 360, And, you know, it's a wire. It's kind of a mess with wires. Um, I kind of run all the wires together and start doing little, like, zip ties every inch or so. And then when it gets to the bunch where some of them are really long, some of them are a lot shorter, um, then I kind of do the looping back and forth, like back and forth, leaving, of course, about an inch worth of clean wire that's going into the Icon Flybrothers unit.
0: Now, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. If you were... To have a model where you you really enjoyed it, like I see myself flying the 380 for a while, and you mm-hmm. had servos where you could replace you know replace the metal gears, the gearing in it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a problem in neatening things up if if you were that you know inclined mm-hmm. to do that.
2: Well, I mean, there's
0: because then yes. if you do strip a servo out, you're going to be replacing the, your your servos. Really staying in the same place, uh, right? You know, and you're just going to be replacing the insides, the gears, and all that
2: right right i mean but i'm talking about more than just like you know cutting down server wires like there's folks out there that would take probably as long as it takes like you know if it takes you say eight hours of like over a week to build a helicopter they would take eight hours just to figure out the wiring like and i'm talking about like Okay, custom lengths of servo wire, but not only that, they would also go as far as um, using wiring loom, tucking everything in behind the frame on the inside, using, you know, black zip ties that match carbon fiber, like, you know, to the point where, like, you don't see any wiring.
0: Yeah, that goes back to what I was saying before. I wouldn't do that on my first my first 450, you know, or, or first L right. either, you know, because you're definitely I mean, putting that in.
2: I don't think I would do that on any of my, I mean, okay, granted, I did do it on the 570 a little. Like, not with wiring room, but just keeping all the wires inside. Because the, as you get bigger airframes, you have a lot more room, a lot more uh, mounting points. So it, it does become easier to clean it up. But, I mean, I had issues. Do you remember when I first made in the 570, right? The first two flights was spot on. Everything was good. Um, and then that third flight, I tried to take off, and the, the rear servo was jittering. Right. And right. tilting forward by itself. As soon as I took off the ground, it would just tilt forward
0: and shoot forward. Um now you had a similar pro- problem with the Oxy three.
2: Well, but this is, that was a little bit different. I think the flybar was doing his toast on that. But oh, okay. with the with the um five seventy, I I did have two issues with it. Um one issue is my wires were really packed in there and right and it was kind of pushing oddly on the flybrows unit, and also I, I did wire one of the B C wires to the wrong port. Uh,
0: Alright, so <laughs> that I, was probably...
2: You know, I mean, but that didn't, like, when I rewired it, the, the BEC, I still had that jitter until I moved the wires out of the little cramped space it was in.
0: I wonder if it was grounded it was
2: anywhere. Fine. Maybe. I mean, none of the wires were uh, exposed. I mean, this, you know, everything was pretty much, the servos were used, but pretty much, and the icon was used, but everything was, like, Barely used, you know. It was, it was in my seven hundred, and and yeah. all the wires were like there was. There's no nicks or crimps or anything in the wiring. um So yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but
0: I'm sure as, soon you as can I kind of get...
2: cleaned that up and like pulled it out of the little craft space, I tucked all the cables into to, to make it look pretty.
0: It was fine. It went away. I was going to not... say, I'm 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 sure you could possibly get some interference, maybe. I don't know. I know that you can get an inductive interference on network cabling and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I mean it's possible, and and you know we're run. I'm running eight volts, I think, on these servos.
0: Oh um, wow, that's right.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if running eight volts, you know, or higher voltage, you know, creates more EMF. But
0: yeah, that's anyway. we like down you the know, road if you've ever f- talked to somebody and can figure yeah. that out. Or ha-
2: yeah, I would love to. Somebody talk to has you. a
0: good explanation, mm-hmm. right? Right. And fill us all in.
2: So I mean, but kind of think, kind of after that whole you know issue, I just kind of was like, okay, let me not worry about the way it looks. I want to fly this thing, and I want to fly it without any problems, right? You don't want to ever have problems when you fly with your actual equipment, you know? Yeah. So yeah, and I flew the five seventy at least 3 times every weekend or so because I only have a single pack and I got to charge it but it's been uh it's that thing's I love that
0: getting oh. <laughs> a little less nervous flying that
2: oh I mean you've probably you've probably seen it in my last video I I don't know if you watched it or not yes <laughs> but like you know I'm doing the uh, you know along the flight line like so high, side hovering I'm doing the flips and then I would flip upside down and come like it's hard to tell in the video but I was trying to scrape the blades on the grass I was trying to cut the grass
0: yeah you were before very low. flight and it, it was cracking me it. up because I'm like, here's the guy that like two weeks ago was like sweating his ass off just flying the thing normally, and here he is upside down and trying to get as low as he can with it. Yeah,
2: I, I, you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to. I, I mean, if I could become a smack pilot, I would love it, but that's not my real goal. I just want to be able to fly really good 3D, you know, yeah. and do pyro flips and stuff like that. On the deck would be nice, and you know rainbows and stuff. But I, it doesn't have to be a, a foot off the ground. I don't, I'm not. A, I don't have to be like Kyle Stacy or Kyle Dahl or any of those uh, professionals. I. But I want to be able to do like my last video. I, f- I felt actually really happy about that video. I think I must have watched it at least ten times um at like three in the morning, <laughs> just because it was. I don't know for some reason. It was like a turning point for me. Um, So you had
0: 11 views and I was 1 and you were 10? Yes. Okay.
2: Exactly. It was all me. I'll admit it. (laughs) Uh, it. I don't mind. (laughs) Um, One thing I noticed is that in that video, it wasn't a lot of resetting. Like I did reset a couple of times from after I do a move, then I'll reset. But like I would reset into forward fly and fly. Not reset, wait for the helicopter to kind of um settle in into a hover and then try another move even though these are practice videos for me like they're just me practice flying right um i found it to be entertaining enough that after the four minute four minute four and a half minute went by and i landed i was like oh wow
0: that's funny that you mentioned that about the reset because i've noticed that in myself and i am no way even close to doing what you're doing i'm just i'm slowly Mm -hmm. starting to flip them over but I've noticed that once I flip them over and flip back, yep. um, I'm I'm kind of always spinning the tail around it and flying off, you know, in one direction or another. Yeah. More or less to my right. I'm tr- i am I got to even it out and try flying to the left more. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm like, oh, crap, I better do something. It's just like more of a natural, like I'm trying to keep the movements going, you know.
2: Sure, yeah. You know, like my earlier videos, is all resets. It's like TikTok, reset, flip, reset, you know. Yeah. I go back and forth doing, like, some, you know, just sport flying, you know, do a stall turn, come down, stall turn. I do a loop. It's like, oh, I want to do a a low, like, you know, do a in-the-spot kind of type of flip. And I reset. Flip, reset. TikTok, reset, you know, so.
0: I think it goes back to what Jeff was saying, too. He, he I think it was episode zero, he said, you know, you should really go back and watch all your right. videos in progression. You can definitely see how you've moved up. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Especially since I've seen you a lot less than Kevin has. Like mm-hmm. each time I come out, I'm just I'm amazed at, at where you're at. Well, right, thank you. Um yeah, I just been pushing myself. I I'm going to
2: knock on wood. I know I'm going to drive the 570 in soon because I'm getting ballsy of no! I, I don't say that. No, it's okay. I don't. I'm, I'm not superstitious. I, I mean, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's not gonna be because I said this or said that. I right. was just gonna say though know, that you,
1: it seems like you enjoy fixing these things the way you fly them. No, I, <laughs> you, you enjoy mean, putting that weekly order in for parts and my
2: pockets and, do not enjoy it. My bank account does not enjoy it. I don't mind fixing, but. I also get stressed out about fixing because it's like oh crap it's friday night i need to fix these three things so i could fly them tomorrow um you know that stresses me out a little buying spending all this money on this hobby even though i love it to death it still it stresses me out a little <laughs> you know um so i don't want to crash but I mean I'm I'm pushing myself. I'm I'm doing TikToks and they're falling, they're falling, they're falling and I at a certain point I I'm I'm, I'm actually able to do sloppy rainbowish TikToks f- start bringing them down and also start bringing them back up. So in my last video like I did I kind of figured that out where like it would fall fall and I would kind of slow up the TikTok down and give it more collective when it stops to push the heli away from the ground and so, I'm getting more comfortable doing that stuff. So, because I'm getting comfortable doing that, I feel like I'm able to take a little more risk and, you know, do an inverted hover and come really low on the ground or, or start, you know, doing TikToks seven, eight feet off the ground. And if it falls a little, I could pick it up. But, I mean, I have a feeling eventually, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to tap the tail on the ground and peel, peel, pill crash. So, um, that's, uh, heli stuff i know jeff you're not really uh you don't even have much for the helicopter uh, stuff I, right i got
1: nothing they're in a box on the shelf they're in a
2: box on the shelf yeah for now i'm, I'm gonna keep bugging you on that jeff man i want to see you fly a helicopter i know
1: so let me borrow one of
2: yours <laughs> sure you can fly my 180 i'll buddy box you how about that all
1: right i'm, there you I'm go. down with
2: that yeah uh yeah let me once i get my 180 or even the oxy once i get that fixed We'll buddy box. I could, I think we can uh, manage
0: that. Yeah, let me know when you do it, because I'll, I'll video. Yes, <laughs> video, yes.
1: Uh, man. I'm not
0: saying anything derogatory, Jeff. I'm just saying, you no, know, I'm get curious. some video for anybody who wants to I, I know. Out, what you're, I know
1: what you're saying, Kevin.
0: Okay. Uh, so should I get into my yes. adventure?
2: Yes. All right. All Jeff. right.
0: <laughs> I wanted to... I, <laughs> we purposely did not tell you any about anything about this this story um just to get your reaction so i bought an oxy three plus um before i i got that really great deal on the the goblin three eighty and Steven told me you know here's what here's what i'd recommend as far as servos so i placed the order with hobby King and they were the the t g were they the the six o threes or the three o sixes i've i, I s
2: S o six G, I think, or yeah, yeah. It's basically the KST versions of uh, of uh, that sort of. Uh, the turn G version of KSTs.
0: So what I wound up doing was buying four, needing four, and buying four. Something I never do. I always buy an extra one, and they were twenty bucks. So I think that's probably why I cheaped out and just didn't buy an, the extra one. And I started doing the build, and Oxy's got a great uh, helicopter, a great build PDF form it's all in color it's really really goes together quick and nice so i put together everything on the body itself i get the three servos in and i was doing something with the tail servo and i had a little it's basically a servo tester we have the knob on it okay and i i think i plugged the battery in backwards and i fried the servo just blew it up and i'm like crap well okay that's gonna sit now till i can order another servo or a couple more so in the meantime, the the body was all built, the tail was all built, just sitting there. I wound up in redoing my workbench downstairs. I had basically a giant table um, on two sawhorses, and I wound up getting some wood from work, and I, re- I rebuilt where the sawhorses were located. I built a 15-inch um, wide by 36-inch deep. It's really deep. I could slide my toolbox in there. By about 32 inches high, I built two of those, and went up taking everything out and cleaning out behind the, the bench and all that stuff, and putting these two boxes in. Really nice. It's really working out great. So, the order goes through. I, I get the the servos in, and I'm one night after work. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go downstairs and see if I can get the rest of that oxy together. And I put in the servo, and I'm looking around for the push rod i got the belt through the tube (laughs) everything's like in there um together you know the the tail grips are on and everything and the tail's all built i can't find this damn push rod from this that goes from the servo to the the tail rotor and i'm looking i'm like well you know what i just redid the bench must have been on the bench i had a box that i was putting everything in i had everything else in there and uh I said, uh, "Well, I must have had it on the bench, and when I cleaned up, I probably put it in the in the in the garbage." I went through the garbage looking for it. I couldn't find this thing anywhere. So I'm like, "Well, I don't know what happened to it." But for me to get flying, I gotta go on. I gotta go online and I gotta order another one. So I go on to links and I order. I ordered the kit with the boom because I'm, I'm figuring, you know, hey, I'm eventually gonna hit the ground and the boom's gonna gonna break. I'll get the boom. I'll get the 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 push rod that I need. And I'll get three blades in, in a kit. So that comes in and I get get all that together. And I get it ready. I get it ready to go. I take it out to the field. Steve has a 4S battery. I didn't even, I, I still have only the one battery. I'm waiting on some more batteries uh, from from HK. But so we charge up the battery, get that all going, and we start to, to basically dial it in. And I'm noticing that uh, it's not really flying that great. It's flying okay. But it's reminding me of the 450s that I that I was. I tail hate. issue. The, the tail issue. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I thought this thing was, you know, I'm like, and I don't know, so I'm like, well, okay, maybe this is how it's going to fly. And Steve's like, no, it seems like it still keeps pushing. It still keeps pushing. So I get maybe I think two or three flights in on it, and on the third flight, I happen to come down and hit the our runway, and our runway's uh, made of what is that? High like plastic uh plastic sheeting or something like that yeah
2: it's like high, high grade screen kind yeah of thing. yeah
0: and there's a- areas where we've had prop strikes and they've taken duct tape and put it down so i had hit an area where there was some duct tape and i came back up and i popped up and i landed and i th- was it you or me i think it was you that had looked in there and said what's this plastic in yes. by the by where the the tail boom comes in to the main gear and the belt and all that and I said oh I must have sucked that up or something I was like that's the only way it could have got in there (laughs) so Steve starts to take needle nose pliers and and goes in there and starts digging it out and he's pulling out um, as he's pulling it out I see this look on his face and he's going what is this in here and he's pulling it out and immediately I think (laughs) oh no because I read the manual and the manual said that the tail boom push rod is in the tail boom. <laughs> and I said, there's no way it could be in there because I fed the 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 belt th- through. I had done a number of 450s, and it was almost impossible to get the belt through without feeding. This thing slid right through. So I'm like, there's no way it's in there because the belt went through so easy. <laughs> sure as shit, that's what it was, man. He pulls out the freaking push rod. like. Yep. I see like the the end link on it. <laughs> the end link on it, and he goes, "Do you mind if I show this to everyone?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I couldn't. And I was like,
0: myself. "No, no, I'm an idiot." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Dude, go ahead." So, yeah, he was going around to all the the heli pilots and was like, "Can you believe this thing was in here?" And we we had a couple flights on it, and <laughs> so once we pulled that out of there, of course, you know, I'm using an icon fly bar, uh, fly barless controller, and I, I love it. It flew fantastic.
2: Yeah, we didn't have to do anything really after that. No. I haven't laughed that hard in the hobby in a long time. Like, that was... I'm
0: sorry. No, you
2: I kept on apologizing. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I can't I will, believe it.
0: I'll be the first one to say, you know, I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> I should have checked that. Oh, man. But I guess it was just the whole order of events, you know? I I didn't really yeah. even, I didn't oh. even think...
2: I still remember the text it's like yo i think i lost my tail boom like I, I mean the tail push rod i can't find it anywhere and i was like yeah it, i I mean mine wasn't a kid it was in the tail boom It wasn't a big deal he's like yeah i mean i slid the you know the um the tail belt through and it was fine and nothing and i was like okay so maybe it fell out you know But when I saw the plastic and I started taking the plastic out (laughs) I just just see that end link come out and I'm like, no way. And
0: I'm like and and I'm like, oh no. I'm thinking, oh no. That's (laughs) the freaking boom. The push rod in there. Oh. Oh wow. That was was so crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. All right.
2: Um all right, let's kind of move on. I think we've been
0: I think we might have lost Jeff.
2: I'm
1: you? still here. Okay. Oh. I just uh, push rod, uh, boom, gotcha.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you had to be there. It was, it was hilarious. I mean, I, I still, I. Just, I, <laughs> I guess didn't, I didn't. I just
1: didn't totally follow what part was in the wrong place.
0: Well, they ship the push rod inside the boom, as per the manual, and that's how. So when I put it together, I had slid the belt through. I put the tail. You know, the whole tail uh, piece together. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I slid the belt through. And, you know, I guess at that point when I didn't have the servo and I needed to order it, I kind of stopped right there. And then when uh, I went back to it, I was like, where's this push rod? And I, you know, and I had the, the, the redo of the bench. I thought I, maybe I'd thrown it out.
2: Now, that's a curious thing because, I mean, the, the push rod is in a, a little plastic bag um, in the boom. How did you pull the, the belt through? Did you use, like, a wire and hook the belt no. and, and fed it through?
0: No, I didn't do any of that. I just pushed it. I, it. You know, when it comes shipped, it's kind of coiled up, and it has that one end ah. that's kind of, like, got a point to it. Sure. So I just pushed it right through with that. Didn't and, even think twice about it.
2: And, like, the push rod didn't start coming out a little as you're pushing through?
0: No, it went right through.
2: Wow, because, I mean, for, for folks that don't know the Oxy 3 too well, it's, uh, it uses a square boom. It's not a normal round boom like you'd see on a, a blade or a T-rex, so you, you even I don't know like for some reason, you would think that it would have caught the belt a little and started pushing the pushing yeah, out with it, it. it
0: It's square, but the corners are chamfered, so sure yeah mm-hmm. you, you have an area that I mean maybe it was sitting up against one of the rounded corners, and yeah, it was just bizarre.
2: I mean, mine slipped out since I pulled the boom out of the box for me but i mean maybe yours is kind of stuck in there a little
0: maybe i mean and you even have the other end where you have that plastic piece that you have to take out to put the the belt through and all
2: yeah yeah the little aluminum uh block that the uh, the tail case bolts to and the tail fin
0: i mean if i would have saw uh you know at the time i would have definitely pulled it out right but <laughs> it was I, I just wanted to say right right then and there you know i'm not an uncle head, but yeah i am because <laughs> i left that freaking thing in there
1: i don't
0: uh, think you're a knucklehead
2: thanks man no we all we all make uh these uh little mistakes i mean the
0: steve was cracked steve couldn't get enough of it he's like i gotta show this to everybody
2: yeah i had i, I had to think he had taken it down connected. the
0: street to the deli and he was showing <laughs> the, the guy that made his lunch sandwich hey do you believe this happened <laughs>
2: oh my god
0: <laughs> oh, uh
2: good times man good times
0: but, yeah, we got it back. You know, we got it out of there and got it back together. And Jim ran over with a little stainless steel, like, surgical tray. And he was yeah. like, I, I take care of all my models over the top of this. And I you know, popped out all the screws and got took it out and got it back together. And, yeah, later that day, it was flying great. Yeah. Now it's – i I've been having a really good time with it. Nice yeah, and smooth man. model.
2: Yeah, and you're definitely getting more comfortable flying. It's great. Good stuff. All let right, right. Uh, let's, let's move this on. We've been – We've taken a while on, this, uh, on planes and helis. I think we can kind of skip the multi-rotor stuff for now. I'm not sure if you guys have much for that. Um, I'd like to get to our main topic of the podcast now. Yeah. Now, I'm sure anyone who's remotely on social media or have any friends, in, you know, if you're into this hobby, you know about this. We're, and This whole FAA announcement of having to register yourself as a pilot. With the FAA, I uh, just want to get everyone's thought on this. Uh, I think it's pretty crazy, but let's let's see what we got here.
0: Yeah, I'd like to hear what Jeff has to say.
2: Yeah,
1: Jeff, why don't you take lead us into this and see what's up? Well, what I was hoping was that you guys did more reading than I did. Um, I did a lot of reading. I, I do understand that we now have to register our crafts, um, and I do understand that it, we're registering ourselves and not the craft.
0: Yes, right. Um, I was going to correct you there.
1: <coughs> I'm sure you are. That's <laughs> um, but I, I guess I don't understand the, the reach of the law. So if we're at our club field and, you know, on our property um, and our club doesn't require it, can the FAA still require it?
0: Oh, yes. So, yes. That's one of the things that's been really bothering me is that one of the many things is that, you know, uh, you can be out on your front lawn and they're saying you, you have to be registered. Yes. You're on your own property, which really bothers me.
2: Right. I think also one of the things that bothers me about this, quote unquote, airspace, um, it's your own property. Technically, up to certain, I think, 400, 500 feet right. of your property, that airspace is technically yours. <laughs> And then for the FAA to be able to jump in and say anything that lifts off the ground, one inch off the ground, now that's their space. Um, Part of the whole thing – I mean, with the AMA and FAA, I mean, uh, FAA or let's say pilots, they don't care about anything below 500, 1,000 feet because they don't fly in that airspace. They don't care about that airspace. Um, But now – you know, and which by AMA law we are supposed to fly under 400 feet, and we're also supposed to have our AMA numbers on our aircrafts. For them to go and say, "Okay, well now anything above the ground, like, is now our, you know, responsibility or FAA's, you know, call on saying that okay, well now it has to be registered with the government and not the community that governs our, you know, ourselves." It's, it's it's a load of bullshit, <laughs> you know. I don't I don't get it. Like, how do they have any right to designate this on us? Well, that's
0: one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that uh, if you read what actually makes a re- a regulation, and I actually went to the government's website, reginfo.gov, mm-hmm. public, and uh, it says federal regulations are created through a process known as rulemaking. And then one of the questions is, uh, you know, does Congress have a role in rulemaking? Yes, Congress enacts legislation that mandates and authorizes agencies to issue regulations. Now, this is just me. This is Johnny Nobody looking this up five minutes on the Internet. My problem is, why can't the AMA look this up and say, well, you know what? Uh, There's a couple of holes here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does say that an agency has the right to do this and that. But uh, can I just ask a question? Doesn't Congress... Isn't, aren't they the ones that make the law in this country? Yeah. They're the ones that pass the law. They could get,
2: of course, you know, FAA or FCC or any of the Wait, you know, guys, guys, before
1: we get too far, can we go over what, okay. what the rule is? Because, like I said, I didn't do as much reading as I should have. Um, what do we need to do? How much does it cost? Okay. When do we need to do it by?
0: Well, they're saying we need to do it. Um by February, uh, I don't have the exact date here.
2: I think it's late February, third week of February.
0: And it's going to be a $5 fee. However, if you register in, within the first 30 days, which is between now and I think January 21st, you're... you're
2: waived that fee.
0: Yeah, your fee will be returned to you. Yeah. Uh, it says that everyone, and this is the one of the other things that's been really bothering me, all of the podcasts I've listened to, except for RCHN has gotten this wrong in some way or another. And even the forwarded AMA air model cra- aircraft.org video that I've seen going around, they didn't get this particular part wrong, but everybody has been making the mistake that it is the model itself that needs to be registered. And they're being corrected on some of the podcasts. Like, I know the flight test one, Alex was correcting. I didn't correcting. get it wrong. No, you you had it right. You corrected yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what's driving me personally mental is that we're already in this mindset now of every craft has to be registered. Oh yeah. It's every craft. I mean, even RC group, some of the threads I was reading on that was where they were guys were confused about, is it the person or is it the craft? And there's a lot of holes in it. When you read the Q and a that's on the, the federal, um, aviation administration site, you know, if, if, uh, I haven't gone through the registration project process, so I don't know if it is you sign up and then you tell them how many models you have um and that's why this question came in uh and it's to this to the to the point of you know if I sell my my aircraft, okay. do I have to unregister and they're like, yes you know you you need to unregister it. Well, maybe you have to go onto the site and say, "All right, I sold that aircraft." I mean, are they getting that specific? Are they saying I have? I don't think this so. Many planes. I haven't gone through. And the only way I did this before to show, the only way you can see any of that information is to go online and register, and you know, put your make, create a username and password and your email address, and then you can only register online if it's under fifty five pounds. There well yeah, is, there's, there's You a, there's can a fill up. out you can fill out a form for over fifty five pounds, but I don't believe that is what they're encouraging most people to do, which is a no, whole another issue, you know, that right. a lot of podcasts have touched on. You know, now you have a database that is accessible by by anyone, basically. I think. Oh, I it's, go on here and it's totally
2: and, publicly listed, meaning your name, your address. You know, like all that information, anyone can go and look it up. Right. I mean,
0: what? <laughs> so now you have thirteen-year-old. There's just so much to this that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. You have thirteen-year-olds that that are going to be on this website if they can get a credit card, you know, and register. Yeah. And you're going to have what a uh, uh, you know a database of of underage. Kids, you know, for some creep to go looking up. I mean, that right. it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah.
2: I mean, so I, I mean, I want to make sure everyone understands the whole ruling, right? So anything, any aircraft that can be controlled by radio, controlled, right? Not, not like a kite or a Chuck lighter. Anything that and that weighs half a pound up to fifty five pounds has to be registered. Not the aircraft, but if you're flying those type of vehicle, uh, aircraft, you have to register yourself. You have to have your registration FAA number on it going forward. Uh, there's a five dollar fee, which will be waived. All that
1: stuff. Um, the How H- large does the, the numbers have to be?
0: They don't specify. It that. has
2: to be. It, it doesn't have to be huge. Like it doesn't have to be spotted from an airplane, like you like tail numbers or anything like that. But it has to be um, visible without having to take the model apart. So like like my, like my bat bone
1: doesn't have a lot of real estate.
2: Well, like on the boom, you would have to put a number on there. Or on the bottom plate where your uh, battery plate is, your, okay. you know, would have to have a number on there. Like for a, for like an airplane, it can't be like inside where your wing is bolted in and then like inside somewhere. There. Like say your beaver, it can't be in like the cockpit area of of okay. your fly zone beaver. It has to be maybe in the battery tray area where you could just quickly open and present the number. But I mean like so the age group, you have to be 13 years and up
0: to register. Which, which is absurd. Right. If if I've I watched at the neat fair a couple of years ago, a kid that was nine years old and he was banging the crap out of out of a helicopter. He was as good as John at, at the field. Like he was flying the crap out of that thing, and like he was amazing. So now you're telling me that that a nine year old doesn't. I mean, not that I'm saying we should have nine year olds register. I don't mm-hmm. want to register anything at all. I yeah. I just. You know, and, and it, it, to me, it's absurd. You know, like a, a 12-year-old can fly freely, but, you know, I, it's it's all going after the almighty dollar to me.
2: I think I totally agree with you. I think it's a money thing. I don't think it's for safety. No. But they're, you know, it It doesn't make it sense,
0: sense for safety. It doesn't make sense at all. If I want to no. do something unsafe... uh right now tomorrow uh mm-hmm. or whatever even in march after this whole thing's gone if i want to take my electro hub and fly around the white house which has no you know it doesn't come from dji i have no yeah,
1: there's have no like
0: no fly zone built into the software at all or anything right. like that i'll just won't put a number on it yeah good luck finding me
2: yeah or say that you know fine you don't put your number but what stops you from being a bad person of getting someone else's number?
0: That's what they mentioned on, on RC Helly Nation, and I I, I, I didn't I actually think of that.
1: Steve, what's your number? Yeah, six six six. of a <the> beast.
0: <laughs> and here's you know? something. I, here's something I looked at earlier before the show. I, I was doing a little bit of reading, and I uh, well, I don't want to go too far ahead, Steve. I know you were laying out some of the regulations. It it does include the the tethered anything tethered, which is the control line flight.
2: Yes, control line 2, Yes, it's just none of the, you know, f- like not a kite or not a free, f- you know, Chuck lighter like
0: those kind of things. They don't need to be registered. Um, Which is something that this video had gotten messed up, and this video is coming right from the AMA. I don't know if you've seen it. Our, our no, I have not sent it to us, and they said they said right on the video that control line was exempt, and that that's the first time I'd heard that. Because everybody else says it's included, and if you read their definition of what what it is, uh, it's definitely being controlled. So, yeah, it's
2: well. I, I mean, with the control line, just just
0: for me to interject real quick. <clears throat>
2: I mean, you ever have you guys ever flown control line?
0: No. I have, I, but I was I was about ten years old. In the I culture. have
2: when I was whatever eight or nine, ten. Um, they don't weigh. I don't even think they weigh half a pound. Tell the truth, with with nitro, you know. Oh, so. I'm
0: sure that these guys have balsa stuff now though. True. But it's it's True. got to, I think so. I mean, do you know a lot of stuff weighs more than half a pound. I mean, half a pound you I don't I think even <laughs> some of the smaller drones are more than half a pound, like the smaller quadcopters with the FPV on.
2: Right, like a 250 or something. Well, or even the blade. I mean, is the blade The nano? Yeah, the, no, that's not half a pound. That's less than
0: that. That's exactly. got to be less. I'll have but, to take I mean, out two sticks of butter and exactly. That's
2: it. what I wanted to bring up. That that is their official, not official, but if you don't have a scale at home, you can compare it to two sticks of butter. What? What the hell is that?
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is the idiot we think you are. Here's
2: yeah, what a, a way a joke. of measuring it. What a joke! But I mean, I mean, so but that's basically the regulation, right? Anything that flies, controlled, you need to register. You as a pilot need to register. Um, So one of the things, uh, one of the Q and A questions is, uh, well, what if I sell it? Then you have to unregister. I don't think their FAA is counting the fact that most hobbyists have more than one plane. I think this is geared towards. Oh, exactly. Christmas time. A lot of you know mall kiosk drones. You know people because. The media has made drones such a cool and fascinating and somewhat dangerous thing. People are going to want to, hey, that's cool. I want a DJI Phantom 2 or a Phantom 3 or, you know, or the Unitech or Un- Unique or whatever the name is, Q500. Like, I want that because it looks so cool. So, you know, some rich parents are going to buy their kids this. And I think those are the people that they're trying to get them to register but yeah. what they don't see is that the hobby. But you're affecting the hobbyists. You know, fine. Five dollars is nothing, and if we get it or whatever, you know, we'll get it. But we already have our AMA numbers on our aircraft. We're already registered.
0: Which we brings shouldn't. me to the point of AMA jacking up their prices too. Well,
2: yeah, that
0: I, what a point I think those, they. Huh? I th- right, and I think behind the scenes they said, "Well, we're gonna." The, the government probably said, "Create in a creative way. We're gonna have." some kind of number on there that they're going to be required to put on there. And AMA is going to, the AMA probably said, you know, uh, we already have our guys having numbers on there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a win-win for us, not knowing that they were going to get backstabbed more or less. It could have went down like that. I'm not saying I have no, obviously no proof of anything. Sure. Sure. I mean, but it's, it's definitely, you know, plausible. like, but it was, ah. just, it was for me a coincidence, is <laughs> way too coincidental. Yeah,
2: I mean, guarantee, I mean, you know, granted, sorry, not guarantee, but granted that AMA fees, uh, I think for the last 15 or 20 years, never went up. So, you know, it's probably due time. And, and they are, you know, ever since the whole multi rotor or quote, air quotes, drones have, uh, re- you know, popularity has raised that. They've needed more money for legal fees. They needed more money for. And you know, that, I, that I do
0: understand, yeah.
2: Sure, right. you know. But are they looking out for our best interests? The AMA members, the folks that are law abiding citizens that fly underneath their 400 feet cap, who don't do anything stupid, they fly at an AMA sanctioned field, they have insurance from AMA. Like,
0: I mean, are they really looking out for us? You know? No, I, I I don't see how. I don't see how when they side with with the FAA, maybe you know, maybe it's I'm I'm taking it too far, maybe there's nothing they can do about it. It is the government after all. But, but I,
1: there I is something they, they, they can do that we shouldn't register right away. I thought.
0: Well, the, you know, yeah. Well, because yes. in my mind, a, it's not a law yet. It hasn't. I mean, the FAA can't create laws, so I.
1: But the AMA told us not to. Right. The AMA
0: is told to to hold off on registering. Right.
1: So maybe they are looking out.
0: And, you know, there's a whole process that has to go through, too. I mean, when you read it legally, I'm no lawyer, but like I said, I can take five minutes and Google stuff. And when you read it, there has to be, when you come up with a regulation that you want to have in front of the public, you have to have an open forum with the public. The public has to know, and they have a certain amount of time where they, they respond to that. And the government has to listen to the the public. Right. They have to they have to field the question and answers and have to listen to it. Whether they do anything about it isn't all of the story.
2: Yeah, but they at least have to entertain the fact that, you know, there's are citizens.
0: And as I was thinking of that, I was like, you know, well, we did kind of go through this last year. It was right around... Well, with the FPV stuff. That was with the FPV, right. I, th- I said, well, we kind of went through that. But then I thought, you know, no, that was with FPV and FPV only. Everybody right. that was flying line of sight was fine. Yeah, here's my quick and dirty solution to this. I don't know um, if you read the if you read the registration certificate of registration part of the um, the FAA site and the Q and A. It's question 44, and it says, "If I let somebody borrow my drone, do I have to give them a certificate of registration?" And it says, "Yes, anyone who operates your drone must have a certificate." Okay of the aircraft for registration in their possession. You can give them a paper copy, email it to them, or sure. they can show it electronically from the registration website. Right. So why doesn't the... Now, this might <laughs> this might sound stupid to a lot of people, and when I start thinking about it, it kind of sounds a little crazy to me. But why doesn't the AMA say, we will register everyone that's an AMA member, and we will l- give the certificate and let them... To ev- everyone. <laughs> to everyone. And they're you know what I mean? Like, they will have their... They will be borrowing their certificate, in air quotes, from Uh the AMA. That's not a bad
2: idea. Hence, everyone will be compliant then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but I think it also comes down to whose responsibility. So if I let, say I let my friend, you know, fly a drone that he's never flown before and it has my number and I give him the certificate, here's a copy, great, he flies it and you know, he flies and crashes into Yeah, is the AMA know, responsible then, yeah. Right, who's responsible? Am I who is but registered I mean, to, or is it the person actually, you know?
0: That's right? what's killing me though, man. There's no responsibility at all for anybody's actions anymore. It's like, this is America, man. It's like innocent until proven guilty? No. I have oh. to prove now that I am a good guy and I am yes. registered and all It's like, you did you punish them? i don't even know what happened to these guys that were flying around um i know of two incidents in new york here where you know they were following a helicopter and they they caught the guys because they the helicopter followed the drone right back to wherever it was coming from and uh you know did they do anything to that to those guys did they yeah. was it all just part of a uh, you know a larger issue
2: who knows i mean you know there's like, so many theories about
0: it. there's so many theories out there one of the theories is you know that at Walmart and Amazon want to start delivering stuff. So, yeah,
2: if they want they, to, uh-huh. if, well. if they
0: want to start delivering stuff, what do they have to do? They have to get us out of the sky. Number one, and you know, I've, I've talked to a couple guys, and they were like, hey, "How can that happen?" I was like, "Dude, there's a Starbucks on every corner. All they have to do is set up a distribution center, you know, close, yeah, to every every part of town, and you can just. I mean, you could you could easily see how it might be one one or two in every state. We live in a small state that could be easily covered.
2: Oh, easily. I mean, I mean, the money that, say, Google or Amazon or, you know, any of these big corporations have, I mean, yeah, easily. They could be like, okay, we have five warehouses in New Jersey and a 30-mile radius of these warehouses you cannot fly because that's our delivery zone area. And that's it. All clubs are shut down. Yeah. You know?
0: <clears throat> when you get big companies involved, we see what happens in Washington with… With that, well, I don't, I don't yeah. want to get too
2: crazy. Let's not get cool too point. much into the whole lobbyists and all that stuff. Exa- but, but exactly, we know exactly what happens. We know what
0: happens. You know, so I mean, I I, I
2: just think like,
0: I mean, us uh, in the RC community, we're not dumb, but right. we do, we do kind of like we have, in my opinion, with the stuff I've read and listened to. You know, there is a there is a bit of a of a gap where we've already started to accept the fact that we might have to register everything, and that's what was that was just I was screaming at. The radio a few times with a few different podcasts i was listening to like i said the only that, ones that got it right were with justin and, and dan on RCHN.
2: they yeah they will not register and
0: well dan said he's yeah he's definitely not registering
2: yeah i mean i i was actually looking at my facebook post today um you know just checking things out today's the 23rd when we're recording this um the new ruling when in fact open registration started on the twenty first, so there it's been two days now. And I've seen about a half dozen of my, you know, Facebook friends show their registration off. And I'm I think in the back of my head um, not even in the back of my head, I'm thinking in my head that what the hell are you doing? You just now have confirmed with the FAA that what they're doing is right. That they yeah. can now overstep their boundaries and influence modelers when the when Congress has passed a law I don't know how long ago it was two
0: thousand
2: twelve. Two thousand twelve that, that we govern ourselves that government does not, you know, have the rights to govern us. And you just fell into that trap and said, Okay, here's my money, here's my name, here's my information. I love flying these drones and 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 I mean sorry, but they're mostly drone uh multi voter folks that have have accepted this. And yeah you know like you look at the real hardcore plane well, aircraft and heli they do not want to do this
0: and that's another thing that the media loves to do i mean all i've seen on any report has been a multirotor i have not even seen a plane or helicopter even talked about or even shown on any newscast that that touches this subject it's all multirotors oh it's all A 100%
2: yeah and and the other thing with that is is you know i i forgot which podcast i was listening to and you know there's a lot of Comments from full-scale pilots, and the thing is, also on Facebook, they can't like. They can fly over the most busiest RC field, and they can't tell if it's a plane, a helicopter, a drone, a bird, a balloon. Right.
0: But they're going. But they're going to designate that as a drone. Yeah. And it's probably that's how they're getting the numbers that they're getting. There, there's no other way about it.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's. it's if they fun. don't know
0: what it is. Yeah, in the 40s it was a UFO, today it's a drone. Yeah.
2: It's a shame that this is this is, you know, our reality now, you know. I I hope the AMA and I hope uh, you know, members of the AMA will will not go and register and, you know. Not it is give a shame because
0: because like I've been saying, I think more people have died from stamp collecting than this hobby. I know of only two people in the United States. This is one okay. of the safest hobbies there yeah. is. I mean, I know you're there more are likely to die in
2: a car accident, or even in a real or full-scale airplane, than it is to be in this hobby.
0: Oh, geez, we could we could go down the stats and sure and find.
2: But the, the the but to the point that the FAA and the DLT have any say in this, it's appalling.
0: I mean, maybe it is. Maybe all it is is a, a power grab. Maybe. You know, the technology is getting better and better where you can have stuff up in the air for longer amounts of time and, and you have better camera equipment that maybe somebody's worried that somebody's going to catch video of something. I don't know. I don't know. No. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. But. Yeah.
2: I mean, think about the... What What did they estimate? Like, I don't know, like 100,000 new drone pilots, you know, this Christmas season because it's such a hot, you know, Christmas gift See, item? See, I,
0: I don't know if I believe that either. I mean, drones were... When you're talking about the drones and the quadcopters, they were a big deal a couple of years ago, and today I see more the big deal in the Christmas gift being those hoverboard things that the kids are all riding around on. You know, I don't see the quadcopters as much as I did.
2: I I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't agree with that. I think I think kiosk helicopters was big a couple of years ago. You know, or maybe even for a longer time. That's um, how I started. And then, I, and then you know, I think as soon as everyone started seeing these drones and stuff, now, I mean, like, I, I went to my local mall, and there was at least six kiosks selling drones. Like, it used to be, like, one or two in the whole time. And I'm talking about a big mall. I'm talking about, you know, four floors. Like, I mean, you get tired walking from one end to the other. and And now there's, like, six or seven of these little pop-up shops. And... You know, and all they sell is drones, and it's super cheap. They don't even sell the helicopters anymore. It's just quads. Quads, quads, quads everywhere.
0: Yeah, true. I haven't been to the mall in a long time. I stay out of the mall as much as I can. I'm more an Amazon guy when it comes to Christmas than, than anything else. And, and you know, the, the whole
2: point, I mean, and and my final... I don't, I don't want to drag this on any longer than we've already have. but on my final key point is this will not make... Are you know airspace any safer? This will not stop the bad folks from doing what they're doing now. No. And if it's if it doesn't solve that problem, then to me it's straight up a financial thing. Let's get in early while you know while this is all ramping up. Get them to register for five bucks. You know, oh, we'll even entice them and say, oh, we'll return the five bucks, but then come in three years. This thing's going to be $100. And then they're going to make you register each drug. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. You know, we as a community, we all need to fight this. I, You know, I'm, I will not be registering. Um, you know, I will put my AMA numbers and do that. But
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to see what happens. Uh, basically ride it out. Get my AMA number on things and... Just see how far this goes. See what happens.
1: I'm also going to see what happens. I, I don't want to jump on this. Uh, I don't think it's over. Uh, that was far from so I definitely want to see
0: what's going yeah, to Yeah, it's happen. not over.
2: I just hope, at the very least, if the AMA can come and come to an agreement with the FAA and DLT to say, all right, will all AMA members will hold on to their information. They you know, give them privacy of their information, but we'll have all their numbers registered, we'll enforce that every air, you know aircraft needs their AMA number on it, um, which is already the bylaws, it's already in their, their books. Um, you know that I can understand. We pay our dues to AMA, we get the insurance, we get also the backing of the AMA when we fly. Our, my aircraft is covered, I'm covered. you know I'm okay with that. I don't want to register with the FAA and have my information publicly listed um, that anyone can get to. I mean, please, AMA, if you're listening to this,
0: do your best. (laughs) Yeah. And what I was going to say was, you know, if this basically uh, the AMA is getting pushed out of the way by the FAA.
2: Right. It'll take them down. It'll stop new members from joining. Why join AMA? I'll just join the FAA.
0: So what's going to happen to the kid who's registered with the FAA, goes out to a, 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 a field somewhere, mm-hmm. and is flying, and the cop starts to harass him? I've already seen this on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where the kid is like, well, what mm-hmm. law am I breaking? And the police officer really doesn't have a law he's breaking. I mean, we've had areas that we've gotten pushed out of.
2: I mean, Johnny Q lock and... There, there's a lot of things out there already.
0: Bottom line is, what law right. am I breaking?
2: Well, I mean, technically, depending on your town or your, you know, your local laws, like there's a lot of ordinance that you're not allowed to fly at points.
0: But if the Congress hasn't you know? made it a law, what law would you be breaking? It's just a real shame. It is.
2: This hobby is growing and. You know, unfortunately, I feel like it's growing in a, a skewed way, away from the the enjoyment and the fun and the the nice clean fun that we we've been having. You know, to like these folks that want to what what good is it? You want to fly ten thousand feet in the air and get next to an airplane? Like I don't I don't get that. That makes
0: yeah, I don't understand that either.
2: And the people that are doing this will not register, and they will get away with it regardless. So it does not provide any more safety to our
0: no safety is a joke the safety aspect of it I don't think that's what the goal is but I mean look at our club we have a great area where we fly Mm -hmm. and the 250 quad racing guys the multi GP guys have their great area and it's one we get along so well
2: while we're in a direct uh, fight path for two airports do you know that right that's why we see so many airports yeah so many airplanes going over us and we've all got along because we follow the rules, stay under 400 feet. They do their thing at, you know, 10,000, 3,000, whatever, however high they are. And everyone's happy. So we'll see.
0: We'll see. Yeah, I think we've gotten <laughs> uh, a little bit long on this. But yeah,
2: I'm not sure how long have we been going.
0: Uh, about an hour and a half.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about our other topics. Uh, yeah,
0: you know, next time. We'll next episode.
2: For sure. Alright, so if you have any questions, comments, feedback, feel free to reach out to freefallrc at gmail.com. Send us an email there. You can check out uh, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. This is Steve, Kevin, and Jeff. See you guys next time.
0: See you, man. Have a good
1: one.
2: Alright, take care, everyone.